the Penan people are a sort of Orang Asli in Malaysia, specifically in Eastern Malaysia. And what that means is that they are a people native to that area. In the late 80s <clears throat> and early 90s, up till now, really, in fact, the rainforests that were home to the Penan peoples and other native peoples of Malaysia were systematically bought and leveled in order to be converted to palm oil plantations and timber plantations. What happens is that the Malaysian government calls these people uh, lower than animals or, or similar to animals in how they live and so they frame it as something they're doing that is good for the Penan. That the, the Penan, Penan people aren't living well. You know, they don't have money in those forests. They don't have electricity. They don't have plumbing. And so, of course, that means they lack wealth. And so... The Malaysian people, the Malaysian government, the Japanese people, the Japanese companies, and the rest of the world goes in to bring wealth to this place. And this is how they bring wealth. First, they take away all the means and ways that the Penan had of surviving. Then... They build longhouses, which are facsimiles of the traditional longhouses that the Penan build with their own hands. But they build these out of cement and zinc. And they move them there. And little towns or settlements that have street signs that you can find on a map. Where before, the Penan roamed free in the rainforest in such a way that any foreigner, if they wanted to find them, would have a hard time if the Penan did not want to be found. Then, they start to force their kids to go to school. Because, of course, these people must be educated. And they provide them with a base, base amount of welfare and money and things, plastic chairs, and so forth. And of course, the Penan people accept this at this point because they've never known anything else but the rainforest, and when that's taken away, well, if you say up is up, then up must be up. If you say down is down, then down must be down. If you take away my entire home, you have all this power. And you tell me that I'm not doing well, that I have been helped, 
that I need money, that I need a career, that I need education. Well, in that state, maybe I believe you. And what's more, my children definitely will. They witnessed, after all, the difference in power. And if there's one thing that children are good, th- good at, it's at tracking prestige, confidence, and power. And so they will listen to whoever is most powerful. And so instead of learning botany or veterinary science or something that might be directly useful to maybe the, their old way of living, these children, as they go to school, learn Malay, they learn English, they learn Mandarin maybe, maybe even a little Japanese. And they learn that to succeed in this new world, you have to be an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer. And that everything your parents say is useless. That your parents know nothing. That your family's wisdom that has gone on for thousands of years is useless. It's an old pattern. This pattern. You go into an area as a dominant culture. Remove the connection to the local culture or dominate over the local culture. In the past, I think it was is like the Romans had mostly forms of domination by saying that, hey, we actually have a better relationship with your gods than you do. By the time monotheism comes around, it's, hey, your gods don't exist. Your spirits don't exist. Your entire way of making meaning is illegitimate. Those things simply aren't real. That history is not real. And this is the form we're familiar with now. The global culture comes in and says that all these ways of dealing with the world are not real. And so people have no choice but to be assimilated. No choice but to see the world through the lens of that which took over what was there before. And people have noticed this pattern, and they call it now, in certain areas, settler colonialism. This is a very American view. In this view, in this story, only white people engage in settler colonialism. If people who aren't white do it, it is because they are coerced into doing so. And this story is then used to justify pushing the story out there as the only way to view relations between various tribes and peoples that are asymmetric, or at least that seem asymmetric. You know, there's a story of Coyote getting swallowed by a monster, a big smoke monster, in addition to various peoples. And when Coyote comes out of the monster, he kills the monster, but only from within. And I think 
For any culture that is assimilated, we can see this story play out. If it has anything of worth, and all of them surely do, they eventually let themselves out in the dominant culture. They eventually subvert and give rise to a new culture within the dominant culture. The good examples of this are pretty much when any steppe culture, when any nomadic steppe culture, took over a sedentary culture, a sedentary agricultural culture. You know, the Mongolians, when they take over the Chinese, are ultimately assimilated by the Chinese culture. Settler colonialism, that narrative, tends not to see the nuance in cultural exchange. Instead, it looks for something to punish. Settler colonialism is the source of much evil in the world, and it is your duty, it is your obligation to fight it wherever it is, and you fight it by preaching settler colonialism as a theory, by preaching social justice as a theory, and you go in to the brains of everyone around you, and you wipe out their ability to make meaning, and you replace it with this theory. You replace it with this value system based on guilt. And so, that's how settler colonialism as a concept perpetuates now, by taking away the diverse nuance, by taking away the richness of the ways that people interact with the world and power, and replacing it with a clear good-evil existence-non-existence narrative, one that is always looking for excuses to cry out for help, one that sees victimization as the only legitimate form of power. The ability to have been victimized is the vehicle that it uses to take more power. The ability to be and have been victimized is the narrative that it uses to colonize other value systems. And in this framework, if you don't come to see things as they do, then surely it means you must be poor, just like the Penan people who had wealth in the rainforest in the diversity of the very rich and alive rainforest that is ultimately subsumed by more sedentary and agricultural interests to be simplified into only a few crops. In the same way, this narrative of settler colonialism goes into mines and tries to eradicate the diversity a thought that lies within every mind to replace it with one predominantly engaged in forms of moral punishment so that it can coordinate thousands and millions of people around the world. This is working as intended. This is how large-scale co collectives cooperate, except in the cycle, 
whenever you have a loss of diversity, that eventually puts a population at risk to a sudden sweep. A moment in which a single disease or a single weakness or a single change of weather wipes out the entire population more easily because everyone's the same. In terms of moral systems and values, this is a clear future that will happen if social justice gets what it wants. It is a pattern for many social dynamics and mechanics that have led to a lot of death and blood and subjugation to persist by claiming that they are fighting against that mechanic itself. This is a trick and as in war indirect approaches often win and so this is one of those really useful indirect strategies. You colonize the world while saying that you are against colonization. Another parallel in politics is all the anti-fascist, anti-Nazi furor that justifies the systematic constraint on freedom that is consistent with the practices of the villainized parties that they purport to fight against. All this monotheism, for that is what it is, has a weakness. If you have a system that is based on guilt, it is a system based on self-hate. And in any fight between two people, the side that hates itself is at a severe disadvantage. So all you have to do, really, is use its own momentum against it. When it comes at you with guilt, if you have less guilt in you, you can turn that guilt against it. So, if some white person, or some black person, or some orange person comes at you, trying to get you to feel guilty, you can say yes, in a way, while turning that guilt on them.